So we've had Greece and Malaysia and now we'll have Australia, which means if you can count on anyone to go a bit rogue, it will be the Australian. Um, you guys are like, oh, that accent's so adorable. She's so adorable, that accent. I get lots of points everywhere I go with this accent. But then Tim's going to get up and you're going to realise this is the redneck version of that accent. <laughs> which is a little bit unfortunate. Um, so... You know, I, I feel like I've changed what I was going to say three times. Um, and, you know, the whole question of what are, we trying to what, what are we trying to achieve on a Sunday is a pretty massive question. Um, and I can say for myself, like, there's been so many moments for me, like, where worship has been, like, a game changer. But it's never been, like, man, that set lift list really, like, changed my life. Like, that was a game changer in my story of God. Um, and I just thought today I, I wanted to tell you guys a story um, of just even where I'm at on the journey and why I think, what I think we're trying to do on a Sunday. And um, so last year, about a month before I came to this conference, I was in worship and, um, and God gave me this picture and, and I said to God, I'm not sharing that next year because it's embarrassing and, and God said, oh, yes, you are. And I was like, well, it hasn't happened yet, so I don't have to. And he was like, okay, we'll see about that. Um, so rewind a bit further. And for me, I can honestly say that I've seen the faithfulness of God in every single area of my life. Um, there's always something that, there's something every person in this room is believing for. And for some reason, like, we kind of, will stand with people on the things that seem like they're worthy. Like, oh, that person's believing for healing. Yes, that's something God, God wants to operate in. But what about just the person that's believing to cover their bills this week? Um, what about the person that's just believing that their kid won't be as naughty as they are? Um, what about the person that's looking for a supernatural answer for a really seemingly natural problem? And um, I've seen God do a supernatural, supernatural things in every single area of my life except for one. And it's the one area that single 33-year-olds don't want to talk about, especially girls, because then they're like, oh, she's a bit pathetic. Um, and it's that, like, I've seen, like, God provide in every area except for that one, the one area, which is, like, to be married. See how awkward and quiet it just got in the room? Because you're all like, well, we're all Christians. We got married at 19 and we had kids by 25. <laughs> okay, it's not like that in Australia. Um, so I actually was fine with it, and then I moved to America on the other side of the world for my family and all of a sudden like I felt a bit lonelier um, and and I would say I was graced for it for a long time but I started saying God you know I've been believing you this believing you for this area that it was going to be you know I was always one of those kids that believed they were going to have this amazing orchestrated story where where God stepped in and, and did detail for detail things that people go, wow, only God could have done that. And I've seen him do it in every other area. Like I was the kid at 14 that was writing letters to God saying, one day I'm going to write songs that go all over the world. And I was like just this fat kid that played the tuba. So I had none of this skill set. <laughs> but God still did it. Um, you know, I've been someone where people, like my accountant is always so frustrated at me. Because she's like, well, where's all this money? And I'm like, I don't know, I gave it away. And she's like, no, that's not how you make money. And I'm like, it is how you make money. And, like, I've seen God, like, meet me there. And the one area I hadn't seen was, was in God providing the right person, like, to come alongside. And um, 
for, for a while when I got to America, I started to, I was praying about it and I, I would be met with silence over and over and over again. And, and I kind of thought it was a bit unfair because I, I know how to hear God. And, and so I ended up just keeping praying into it. And after a while, I couldn't pray it anymore because when you are met with silence over and over and over again, and that's some people in this room, there's some things you've been praying about for years. And like the silence is getting so loud that it's overwhelming. So you can't pray it anymore and you can't say it anymore. But the one thing I've found it is that when I couldn't pray it and I couldn't say it, I could still sing it. So I started to sing it, you know, because the whole time I'm waiting for God to speak into the silence and the whole time he's saying, fill the silence with something. And so I did. I started to sing into the silence. I started to sing into my disappointment. I started to sing into my frustration. I started to sing into the waiting. And the thing that I found was that that when I started to sing into it, things began to shift. And it, it wasn't like in a moment where, you know, someone was leading a song and I thought, oh gosh, that song is a game changer. And definitely there are songs that have been game changers for me along the way. But I remember being in church last year and in July last year, um, standing in a service and, and going through this season of singing into the silence and saying, I'm, I'm not going to let that be the biggest thing. I'm going to prophesy of my future with gratitude. I'm going to worship my way through it. Um, and I remember standing in a service and before anybody had sung a word, before anybody prophesied over me, before anybody prayed, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he gave me this vision. Prepare yourselves, it's about to get kooky. Um, so he gives me this vision and in the vision I'm in this massive warehouse. And you know, it's funny, we want kingdom answers for things, but like sometimes we'll go looking for the natural answer and then use God as the sponsor. But I actually really want a story that says only God could have done that because it actually resonates way bigger with the world who is looking for God. Um, so I'm standing in church, get this vision. In the vision, I am in this massive, massive warehouse. And, um, and I look up and the Father God is beside me and he smiles at me and he says, and gives me this little card and, and says, you can pick anything you want. Massive furniture warehouse. Everything's like one of pieces. Beautiful. I know it's secretly not furniture, but in the vision, it was furniture. I know it's like really a husband's shop. Um, <laughs> you know, I say warehouse, but actually storehouse, you know. There's access to things that we don't access, and we don't even teach people to access it. We say to people, here's, here's like a, some good advice, and here's like a formula for how to, how to get it done in church, instead of saying to people, hey, go to God, because there's, there's a whole the whole storehouse that you have access to, the supernatural answers you have access to. So he gives me this card and he says, um, pick anything you want. And I say to him, how much can I spend? Typical girl. Um, and he says, and the, and the father says to me, he laughs, he cracks up laughing and he says, you can spend whatever you want. So I start looking around this furniture warehouse and every now and then I'll see something and I'll think that's it. And I'll go to, I'll go to walk towards it and somebody will get there before me. And I'll think, oh. Like I missed out. And then I'll look around and God will say, keep looking, keep looking. And after a while, I start to feel a little bit overwhelmed. And I, and I come back and I say to God, and this is all just in a vision in a moment. And I say to God, you know, I don't, I don't really know what to pick. I really want you to pick with me. And he smiles and he says, do you know that the gift is not limitlessness? The gift is not spending whatever you want and having no limits. The gift is actually that you get a choice. And I want to see what you pick because it's my joy to see what you pick. And I was like, oh, okay. 
So then I start walking around this warehouse again, storehouse, warehouse. And, um, and after a while, I notice that I'm one of the only people left in the warehouse. And every time I'll go to pick something, I'll think, this is not it. And I start to feel super overwhelmed because I'm like, God, none of this is for me. And I finally go back to the Father and I say, you know what, God? I know that you want me to pick. I know you want to see what I pick. But I do not want to do this without you. And he smiles and he, and he hugs me and he pulls me close and he says, you know, all of this stuff is good because I'm the one that made it all. And I back it all because I don't make mistakes and I only make good things. And then, he, and then he gets real close and he says, but if you want me to pick for you, then I will custom make it. But you're going to have to give me that card and you're going to be empty handed for a little bit longer. Vision over. Um, <laughs> and I say, okay. And so then f for a year, I'm, I dig my heels in about this vision to the point where another moment of worship before anybody has prayed, before anybody has said anything, before the sermon has been preached, I'm standing in worship in November and the Holy Spirit says to me, it's in the mail. So I go onto Restoration Hardware's website and I look up how long it takes to deliver furniture because I needed some framework. <laughs> And I think, I think all of heaven was roaring with laughter. Like, we're going to, we're all going to, that's going to be the comedy part of my, like, movie in heaven. Um, but I, you know, I, so I look it up, it's 8 to 12 weeks. I think my birthday's in 12 weeks. I know what's happening here. I'm getting a husband for my birthday. <laughs> well, my birthday rolls around and nothing happens. And then, and then I think Valentine's Day. So Valentine's Day rolls around and nothing happens. And then I'm in church and, and I'm like, what the heck is going on? And I'm still digging my heels in and I'm still worshipping. And I learned to sing my way through and to everything. So like there's songs on other people's albums that we think of are just songs. But actually they're all songs that are part of this story. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. You'll go before me when you speak, when you move, when you do what only you can do. Um, Anyway, Chris Kane's at church that night and she says, what do you do when you reach the promise and you hit a wall? And she says, march around the wall. So I go home that night and I say, God, you said it was in the mail. And I begin to march around my mail building at one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> which sounds hysterical. So I march around seven times and I'd love to say an angel of the Lord appeared, but nothing happened. But then I go to bed and that night, I go to sleep and the next morning I wake up and there's a message on my phone from Brooke Fraser and she says, hey friend, this is so weird. Last night I had this dream about you and it was about you getting married. Here is the dream. And two days later I get another message from Jen Johnson saying, hey friend, this is so weird. Two nights ago one of our girls had a dream about you. It was about you getting married. Here is the dream. And I could tell you detail for detail things that have happened along the way where God has met me and it wasn't because someone put together the right set list. And it wasn't because there was a formula. What it was was that I learned how to sing my way to and through everything. I learned how to fill up the silence for myself. So as far as what we are trying to achieve on a, on a Sunday or a Wednesday or whenever you meet, I think you, we are trying to teach people how to go after the presence of God for themselves. I am actually sick and tired of books and, and, and formulas for people to find God. 
when God is saying the whole time, I'm very creative and I am a really brilliant author and I have an individual story for every single person, come to me and find out what the blueprint is for your story. So as far as what are we trying to get people to do on a Sunday? We're teaching them how to recognize the presence of God and go after it for themselves. We're teaching them how to lean in and see visions for themselves about their own story. We're teaching them how to march around their own wall for their victory. Yeah? Um, Just the final thing is, I'm a big believer that praise precedes the miracle, but nobody's going to work harder on someone else's breakthrough than they are going to work on it. You know, I can pray for someone's healing like like no tomorrow and I'm a believer of partnering with people and of two or more gathering and agreeing but there is something that happens when you are on your own and you go after it yourself I want to have a whole company of people of not consumers but contributors because at the end of the day it's not even just about your story it's about us taking the story our own stories of how God met us and it could only be God how he met us and like taking that out and like giving that to somebody else because you have authority on everything you have walked through, you have overcome and you've sung your way through. So go and sing over somebody else. Honestly, old wineskin is let's keep it in four walls. New wineskin is let's take it outside the four walls and be the church, not come to church and be consumers but be contributors. Is that cool?